because I just want to talk to you. Okay, are we already in it? Deadly. Okay, Amy, how's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Deadly. I'm any, back. Here, any any gigs coming up? That's what I'm wondering. Any gigs? I'm always wondering. Like, Amy has so many gigs. Are we done yet? Um, no, my next gig is in October. I'm going to see JLS. That's next month. Is it? Yeah, September. next month. We were talking with JLS today, with Shifo. Yeah, because he was talking to her about it. Yeah. Ah, right. We have, there's a video of Stephen driving me and Sarah into town or something like that, and we're singing JLS in the car, and it's actually brilliant. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, uh, so James just tells me I'm ruining one of your segments later, but tell me more about your gigs. How many have you done this year? Um, oh, I think I've done like something like 10 maybe. I like, actually don't know. Like last year was your year of holidays, right? You were on holidays every other week. Yeah, I went on like five holidays last year and I think I've gone to like 10 or 11 concerts this year and I've three or four left to go. You have three so or four left to go? Yeah, I've JLS, The Arctic Monkeys, Picture This and what else have I got? I might have one more. I can't remember. Oh my God. It's too many. And are you still enjoying it? Like is it still, you're still buzzing for the next one? Yeah, the only one that wasn't good was Tiesto last week and it rained and we had to go home before he came on. <laughs> Nothing to do with the fact that we had a few drinks beforehand. It was just because it was raining. I think it was Lion of the Week last week. <laughs> go big or go home. I did both. <laughs> yeah, I went big and I went home. <laughs> oh. Amazing. James Rankin, how is it going today? How's life? Yeah, good. Are you looking forward to this weekend I am. and the Rugby oh World man, Cup? I can't wait. We already, I have Guinness in the fridge at home. It's uh, Jill's dad's. 75th birthday on Sunday so we're going out for dinner on Friday night early by his insistence which is like super rare so we can get back in time for the rugby to watch France New Zealand and then we're having a family dinner at Jill's sister on Sunday she's doing that at like 3 o'clock some random time because the South Africa Scotland game is on at 4.45 oh is it on Sunday yeah on Sunday oh that's a while here Tony you know Tony McGuinness yeah I think he's going to that one is he Amazing. I know. What time are we on then Saturday? Is it 2 30 kickoff? Ireland oh. games 2 30 kickoff. Because the other ones are all at like 9 pm. Yeah, the other, all weeks. The other games are. This is our only early one, but it's Romania. It's, it's Romania, yeah. It's It'll be the baby's playing. Yeah, I think Johnny will will play yeah, though, right? Yeah, you have to. He'll get him out and get have some to. minutes. Yeah, okay. It's got me so amazing. Sorry, tangent on this. You know, like fantasy football leagues, mm -hmm. there's a fantasy World Cup rugby one, and Johnny, oh. Johnny is Ireland's highest ranked player. He's not played all fucking year. <laughs> he hasn't played this year yet. But it's probably fair. Yeah, he probably still is the best, yeah. But they were interviewing some of the Irish players. Who do you think is the top one? No one mentioned Johnny. They're like Hugo Keenan, Dan Sheenan, yeah. uh, Caelan Doris. And then they all go, oh, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> but there'll be a mystique around them yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll hype them up. Yeah, How are you, Jamie? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm just super buzzing for the World Cup. I've been waiting for it for two years. And here it is. And... Every weekend, there's going to be a ton of games to watch. So cannot wait to get yeah, into Amy's it. already counting down till the final. <laughs> I didn't even know it was on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Listen, let's get into some training check-ins. Just general, like, how's it going? I'll go first, just to kick it off. And at the moment, I'm doing, like, a day-on, day-off thing. This is, like, a, just a life thing. It so happens that... I would have a busy day and I'd miss training altogether. And then the next day, I've got some time. And it's been happening that way, but it's working. I feel like the training's going well. Um, I had a whopper training session on was Monday, the power clean day. 
Oh man, what a session. I was saying to you, Jose was like fucking Tony Montana, two machine guns in his hand, he went full Scarface, just like emptying magazines of bullets into the ceiling, like PRD, come on, for the whole hour, it was amazing. And, and it worked. And it worked, PRs going off everywhere, just explosions, it was amazing. So one of those high energy days. So generally speaking, I can't complain, training's going pretty well. James, how are you getting on? Uh, I'm going through one of those funks with training again where I'm not doing it very consistently. But then some days that I do it go really well still. And I always catch myself a bit by surprise in those days. Like Monday was a really good day for me as well. Like I said to you, you were coaching lunch class and I was like, leave me alone today. I'm doing return to play. And then I got within five kilos of my heaviest power clean ever that I've only hit once. So Yeah, and you're fucking like you were cleaning yeah. perfection yeah. on Monday. In fairness, amazing. But then last week, I did, it was game day on Saturday. I trained on Friday because it was a partner workout. And I only trained on Monday that week as well. So like I missed my normal Wednesday. The week before that, I think I trained once. Because I went on holidays the week before that. I think I trained once as well. So, But you are, when you are training, you're actually training really well. Right, so you think about like most of the time. What happened on game day? Like we're just snatching. The first half of the day went really well. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I've been cherry picking some... Um, weightlifting days and then kind of avoiding those uh go to a dark place and kill yourself days so i'm conscious that i'm supposed to do this thruster workout today and i'm really trying to talk myself into it because i don't want to do it at all i think so i think so but i really don't want to so yeah that's my training at the minute it's a bit it goes really good or it doesn't go okay well it sounds like to me uh you had a really a big burst of five or six weeks of really intense training. Maybe longer leading into the last game day. Yeah, it went really well. And I carried through that for maybe another month. So that probably laid the groundwork for these results yeah. where they're showing themselves now, even though the training is not necessarily... Yeah. And we've talked about that before where I had a slump in my training, but I was still doing things quite well. So I just thankfully have a big bank of 15 years training in my pocket that yeah. I can rely on. Daily. Amy, how's training going? Um, so I think I'm just after coming out of one of those slumps that you were or you are in now. Um, I was having a little bit of trouble with my back, but really recently I PB'd my snatch and my clean and jerk, or sorry, my power clean. So I was really happy with that. Um, so I think that's the thing of training through your slump because you're still progressing as you're training, and then the results will show when you come out of it. Yeah, you're like you were you were running into some sessions where you're just abandoning ship, right? You were like, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling this today. And then all of a sudden PRs. Yeah, I got my snatch PR f like for the year, the goal that I'd set at the start of the year. And there was points during the year over the last few weeks and months that I was getting really worried. I was n gonna get nowhere near my current PB because of the trouble I was having with my back. And then I ended up PBing like two weeks ago. So <laughs> I was pretty happy with and that. And then power clean Monday. And I PB'd my power clean on Monday. So I was very happy with that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where you find these numbers, but they I keep rolling. Know. I don't know where I find the meter. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Like when you think about um, the amount of people in the gym, the males in the gym who are now lifting lighter than you, their PRs are like you are creeping up and up and up and up and up. Yeah, Jose. <laughs> let's not <laughs> let's not mention Jose. Come on. <laughs> okay, so generally speaking, uh, we're doing all right. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, so let's talk about game day because we won't mention it and. Um, 
I guess we have a week here where it's in the bag and same with Nace. So Sandra and Nace has done an amazing couple of days. Um, too many wins to mention, but I guess as a team we're here, we're always looking at the, as the game day is saying, look, we're training everybody for it. It's our check-in to see if the training has been effective. And this, the results from this one, I think, even surpassed the last one. I think people were surprised because it's a more intimidating game day this time. People were more nervous. Snatch is a harder thing to... I think the coaching team were more nervous as well, weren't we? Everybody was I definitely a bit... Shit myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, the training was harder because the goals, the, we set the bar higher. Yeah. The muscle-ups in 20.5 was a big thing. And it turned out that um, the lifting quality went up this time. The numbers went up. And I think the amount of people in each heat doing muscle-ups was just fairly astonishing. Um, we had like a handful back in 2020 do muscle-ups that day. And there was like, there was a handful in even heat this time doing it. It was amazing. So the the progress, it was hard-earned, hard-won, but it was won. And um, it's always kind of hard to see it. There's some, there's some battle scars, people like, you know, shoulder niggles along the way, lower back stuff. And I was like, oh my God, what are we doing here? But sometimes to get to that next level, we have to go through some of those things. And... I think it was definitely worth it. Um, so three more gyms doing it this weekend. So I think there's some lessons and some uh, maybe some bit words of wisdom for people. I know, Amy, you didn't do the workouts this week and you're planning on having a look at them on Saturday, depending on how the week goes for you. Mm -hmm. So based on being here and you're running the floor here on Saturday in Santry and you were watching people doing the workouts, anything you could give to people to think about this Saturday? Any lessons? Um, so I think people should really have a think about what their three snatch numbers are going to be because a lot of people got to their third attempt, made it, and were like, oh, I'd really love another attempt. I should have started heavier on my first lift. So it's definitely a lift that's a banker lift. You want to get one in the bag, but maybe it's a little bit heavier than you think because we have done a lot of training over the last few months, so everyone is stronger than they think. Do, do you think people were a bit nervous about missing their first one in front of people? Yeah. You reckon that's like I want to go out and I want my first one to be good. Yeah. Whereas you reckon maybe a bit more adventurous. Yeah, I think maybe whatever number you have in your head that you want to hit as your first lift, maybe hit that in the warm up, and you might surprise yourself of oh that was actually okay. I can go heavier out on the floor, or if maybe if it was a little bit wobbly, be like right, that's definitely my first lift. Yeah, that's a great show. I think you're right, and it, there was lots of people saying I'm actually able for more than mm -hmm. I than I thought. Yeah, that's cool. And then what about 20.5? Um, so for me doing it, I want to make sure I definitely get all the rowing and the wall balls done. I don't want to be doing any muscle-ups or anything like that and leave wall balls behind or leave any cals behind. So I've seen a few people, they spent a little bit too long on the rings on Saturday and they really put themselves under a lot of pressure to get the rest of the work done. So um, make sure you have a strategy that you can definitely get as much reps as you can done in the 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it would be an awful shame to leave 20 reps on the table that were rowing cows. Like, you can yeah. definitely do them. Um, so I think it's it's getting that timing right. I think if you are going to spend some time in the rings at the start, make sure it's not too long so that you're leaving yourself having to sprint the rower, having to do two big chunks of wall balls. Like, keep it within your control and then leave extra time at the end, a buffer at the end. So if you do need to get back on the rings for more, I think it's a, it's a good shout. I think uh, Emmanuel had, like five seconds left after he did his last wall ball 
and he was struggling like for the last two minutes i think everyone around him was panicking they were like no he's after going too deep on the muscle ups but he ended up getting all his ro- uh, wall balls and round done which was great i yeah. think he only had a little few muscle ups left then I yeah think. absolutely yeah yeah he cut it so fine he nearly died yeah he yeah he, he went so deep he went so deep yeah. i think he might have been the deepest because i found him outside 40 minutes later just sitting against the car <laughs> are you okay he's like huge smile on his face like yeah i'm good i did it he found his edge which was great james what what about you i know you did both pieces yeah you had a big win early and then the second one not a win not a win <laughs> <laughs> so um what's your words of wisdom so yeah probably similar to amy with the snatch i had the the fortune of darren duffy coming up to me because he went heavy in the workout or in the snatch and he hadn't been having a good run of snatching recently and neither had i so he was like here when you get out there it feels way better vibe off the crowd go heavier than you think because darren went 85 90 100 and he nearly hit the 100 like he had two goals at it and he probably should have got both of them so he was like it's there if you go for it i was like yeah fuck it you're right so I was going to open at 80, go 80, 85, 90, and that would have been me delighted. So I went out to the floor, and you tried to pull us in, and I did a rep at 80 anyway. I just ignored Amy. <laughs> I did a rep at 80 on the floor, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was actually easy. So I opened at 85, and I went 85, 90, 96. So that gave me a lot of confidence because I I just like kind of listened to the people who were around me and switched off a little bit and went, yeah, I can do this. Then for 20.5, I had expectations for that that I didn't quite meet. And honestly, I think it's just because I have been dodging those types of workouts. So my advice for 20.5 is this is going out on a Wednesday. If you haven't done that Wednesday workout, the kettlebell thrusters and the burpee box jump overs, go do that. Like really make sure that's a good dose of fitness that'll build a bit of confidence going into the weekend. Because I got about 12 minutes into 20.5 and just went, how the fuck am I going to keep going here? Like I just felt sad. I was like, I don't have the reserves of like, oh no, you can't do this. I didn't have that confidence. So go do that. And then my second piece of advice for that is use Friday's workout, the partner workout appropriately. Some people came in on Friday in Santry and really went for that workout which is great this is the bike the bike and double unders but then they were coming in on saturday going here my legs are fucked i was like yeah yeah you went too fast yeah yeah. because i think i hit friday just right it's not the time to get the fitness in for saturday it's just the time to flush out the body if you're coming in to do it yeah it was designed for that right that if you're going to go the next day you can go easy on it yeah if you're missing the next day you can go for it Yeah, go get your fitness but not both (laughs) (laughs) yeah very good yeah so some general advice for me um i know i went in i said i'm going to use i'm going to go and jump in the first heat of the snatching and I'm just going to do the warm up. I wasn't, my body was not feeling good at all. I yeah, I seen you move and I went over to you and I was like, Are you snatching today? You were like, No. I'm going to do warm up. I'll get to that part with empty barbell and leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went through it and the warm up really carried me along, actually. Yeah. I noticed it was over like that. It was very, very quick. Like there's kind of a wave of momentum in the warm up that you, once you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. And um, then I felt, okay, I, felt, I feel good enough to go out on the floor and hit three moderate weights that feels good and by the end of it i was like i'm delighted i actually went through the whole thing to be involved was the big thing for me if you're nervous i think the big main thing is 
to just start the warm-up and before you know it, it'll be done and you'll have it done and you'll be delighted there was so many people who were very nervous on the morning and they say right afterwards all i cared about was getting it done and um, but they nearly didn't they nearly didn't show up they nearly didn't come along but then when they did they were so happy with themselves so i think you just have to um get yourself into the warm-up and you'll be fine the next thing is in the warm-up i know i said to you james when i was talking uh, i was looking at you and jose i was thinking the two of them are in competition day strutting around the warm-up they were getting the peacock on they were like walking around like and they were watch this yeah and they were doing uh the what i call little gangster lifts yeah. where they hit them and drop and walk off like like that was no problem right and i was like no more fucking complacency yeah. from here on in hit them properly and there i think there can that was be a big gear shift moment for me there there has to be um like what do i normally do to hit really good lifts i take it seriously i do my setup properly i i you know i focus so in your warm-up there's lots going on there's other people warming up there's a bit of time pressure or you might be there a bit early just get yourself focused on each lift and get the body feeling really good about it so when you step out you have a system and the body's feeling good um but i think the big thing is uh like not let the nerves stop you getting involved that would be my big message you'll be so happy afterwards if you just come down and do it it's like the open scenario all over again isn't it everyone always wishes they did the open the year they started not the year after because they're like oh i'll do it whenever i'm better and mm. it's like no one's ever at a point where they're really happy with their training like amy's a freak and she's not happy with where she is with their training so yeah same thing with this like come in hit the hit the snatches hit the workout and you'll be so happy for it yeah and i think the easiest thing is get the blinkers on my favorite thing about game day is it's it doesn't feel like competition like it doesn't feel like everyone's like what's he doing what she's doing on competition days people are watching each other here everybody's in their own zone the blinkers are on and i think everyone has the full license to just be like i don't care what anyone if anyone adds up the weight of my bar i don't give a shit i'm just here for me keep it like that and you'll have a great day so good luck to everybody um who's doing it this weekend if you missed it last weekend get to another gym there's three of them happening i know um there's lots of celebrations going on after so if you feel like going out and just going hanging out and having a beer um in nice they're getting pizza i think in selbridge they're not that was oh that was the last one do you know what they're doing in nice then oh sorry no, sorry in my notes that was the wrong one sorry in selbridge you're going to courtyard isn't that right yeah we are yeah <laughs> In Dunlear, they're going to Sherman's. Yeah. And then they're having the Taste of Smithfield, which yeah. looks fucking amazing. Yeah, so they're going to have all dishes from different countries coming in. That looks like it's going to be an epic evening. So get along to one of them if you missed that last week or if you feel like just going for a social. That's game day, lads. We have next up a Jose question. But this was like more of a James question actually this yeah. week, wasn't it? Yeah. So I have it here. Um, worded carefully let me see what we got here yeah because i asked it off the podcast last week but it took me like three minutes to try and explain <laughs> what i actually meant so yeah you, you have it right so what do you spend money on that other people would find outrageous but for you it's totally worth it yeah james what's what's oh, your michelin star food like going to fancy ass restaurants and it costs way more than i'm willing to say on a microphone here to put out into public but like it's one of those things that as an experience, myself and Jill love going to it. She's not even that mad on the food, which makes it probably more obscene. 
but the whole thing around it, I'm mad for it. Like to the point where the chefs I go, I mean, the three Michelin stars and two of the chefs follow me on Instagram just because I'm like a big fucking giddy kid whenever I go there and they're blown away by it. They're blown away by my accent. It's wild. So can you give me some sort of a sense of what it is about it? that? Because there's a, there's a thing here, right? The money for you is like, it doesn't matter. You're like, I, it's worth it. Yeah. And and then some. Mm. Where other people, I know for me, Michelin Star Restaurant, I, it, it actually intimidates me a little bit. Yeah. I don't get it. I feel like I'll go in and I'll be so picky with my food that I'll be like, I'm not sure what that is. Do I want to try that? I think I when I picture these restaurants, I picture somewhere that's a bit stuffy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a bit like um, uptight. Yeah. Is is that what you like about it? It's not though. So it, it definitely has that impression and you have someone bringing your food down and explaining it to you and all of that. I get that sense of it, but you're there having great conversation with whoever you're with. But then every time the sommelier comes down to your table and explains the wine or the, the waiter or waitress comes down, like they're having a conversation with you. It's not just here's what you're eating, here's where we got it from, go fucking enjoy it. They're like, we got this from here. And you can actually, if you look out the window there, like they go into it and they ask you how it was, what did you like about it, what did you not? It's a real, like formal, relaxed scenario. That's how the best places do it. Like you go in and you wear nice clothes and you don't go in your tracksuits, but you definitely end up lounging back in your chair and your legs are crossed and you're talking to the people at the next table. It's fab that way. But the best thing like for me, it's it's genuinely the effort and attention to detail that I know has gone into it. Yeah. Okay. So so it's it's that it's the thought that goes into it, creativity that goes into it more than how it tastes. Well the taste is also fabulous. Right. Like it, it is. The food is unbelievable most of the time. There's probably always something that you're like, oh, if I never had that again, that'd be fine. Right. But there's other things where you're like, I'm going to tell people who don't like this food about how good that meal was. And it sounds like, because I know you tell me about these experiences, and it sounds like that it's not necessarily a conventional, like, star main course dessert no, it's like type eight, of setup, like, right? Yeah, typically between seven and 12 dishes in most restaurants. So little tiny things. Little tiny things. But you were saying that's super super rich. Super rich. Super full of flavor. And because they're explaining it to you, they're like, this is a Wagyu beef wrapped in seaweed with this sauce on top and then sea salt. And when they're explaining that, it's not like, it's not a show off thing. It's like, here's the things. Go searching for them as you're eating it. Yeah. So you know whenever you're eating your Domino's pizza, can you actually describe to me how that tastes right amy can't tell you <laughs> one out of three though right you're like oh there's the pepperoni oh there's no pepperoni in that like you don't, you're not thinking like that as you're eating that no you're thinking about the movie you're watching <laughs> bingo or how hungover you are or whatever the yeah. thing is right whereas you're here and you're like you maybe have two or three spoonfuls tops and you're there and you're chewing it and you get fucking 30 chews in like, oh there's where that kicks in and there's everything is just so perfectly done where you get a salty bit first and then there's a bit of whatever after and then a bit of heat kicks in and, and there's a real like process to every single mouthful yeah and i guess if you buy into that it's so much so enjoyable it's, it's an experience it's because amazing. i can i can hear Dorina in the back when you're going such a lot of bullshit yeah you know but she's uh, the same with her fucking pens right? yeah yeah 100 <laughs> we, we all have a thing exactly i can hear elaine 
Yeah, wanky. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wanky. <laughs> but if you but if you buy in, it's the key, right? The buy in is the it's thing. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think everyone should go try one. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we actually had a conversation about this uh, at coffee. I don't know if you were there after the comp class when James went to that, and we were all. I was saying like I would actually rather a free McDonald's then go to one of the <laughs> restaurants and they were all saying that a I should McDonald's. they were like well like if I got one for free I was like I'd rather get like a free something else and they were say, tell, saying that I should go and buy McDonald's and set it up in all the little dishes and post them all on my Instagram the way he did <laughs> that would be nice that would be nice Amy come on tell us yeah um, I don't think it's that crazy like I'd say a lot of people do this but I just love getting my nails done like once every three four weeks and it's probably money I could spend on better things, but I just like getting them done every few weeks. It's like um, going in for a little like therapy session with the girl who's doing the nails. Um, she's really nice. How um, long so does yeah. it take to oh, get your nails done? It takes like an hour. So it's not too long. That's not too bad. Yeah. And you yap away. Yeah, we just chat for the whole hour. Like it's it's the sort of chat and I love to do. You know, just go in and talk absolute shy for an hour. We're not talking about anything serious or anything important. It's just like... It's just... It's just f- yeah. But in fairness, your nail person gets very creative. Yeah, I, every time I come in, James just be like, let's see the nails. <laughs> and I usually have something mad done. Like at the moment, I've got a plane set on because I'm going on holidays next week. So I'm going to get something a bit colourful next week. Right. Um, so there, I'm back on Monday. So it's part of your like your identity, right? Yeah. And I used to be, I used to get anything like that done. Like this time last year, I used to be like, I can't have nails. I go to the gym and now I've just gotten used to them. And now it's like, I don't know what I'd do without them. I haven't not had them done in over a year now. So, yeah, it's just my little thing I like getting done. Because you're not very, like, as a person, you're not, like, someone who, like, is very done up in the gym. Like, no. You, like, but that's your little thing. Yeah, that's just an answer. The little accent. Thing I get done. Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. It's very cool. Okay, very good. Um, so, yes, James. I thought Amy was going to say concerts was her one. <laughs> you spend an obscene amount of money going to gigs. <laughs> You know the were we were you there the other night when we were talking with the girl mats? No? Yes. So girl mats is like if I buy the tickets now for March, by the time March comes around, it's free. <laughs> girl mats. So I buy That's last year's budget. Yeah, exactly. So I buy these <laughs> last tickets year's in the past. So far in advance that by the time it comes around, I'm like, all I have to buy is drink. It's grand. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so I'll go next. And similar, I've got like so kind of obvious one for me the only thing i spend money on is really on the car and um it is uh, like it is a ridiculous amount of money spent on the car there's no doubt about it but when it's your thing it's your thing like i think i get outsized value for what i spend on it so every morning i get out of, out of the house puts a smile on my face it hasn't worn off you know when you think you you go and do these things you're like it's going to be exciting for a couple of months and then but it isn't it's fucking deadly and um i think kind of like with you james there's a there's a world of interest behind the thing so with cars there's endless amount of models and uh, brands and different things that you can get into that it's a kind of an area of interest and this is my one way into it i guess there's a whole tribe of people who are into it there's a whole history behind it and i think it's the buy-in to what it's what's kind of behind it is the key i think everyone has that little thing where uh, i think for men maybe i'm going to kill for saying this this it tends to be things like 
I know a guy who's really into his record players and he has like six of them and it's vintage ones and brand new ones. Um, for other people, it might be watches for other people, but like it's something mechanical that works and there's a whole story behind it. But when you get into it, it sucks you in so bad, doesn't it? And the one, I think the, I was thinking about this on the way in this morning. I could literally get into a new car every week and change it for the next week for something else. Like there's that many things that you want. I think it's fine to have that once you know, well, I gotta be happy where I am right now while also go searching for the next thing, get the next thing, get the next thing. So I thought it was a great question because it does force you to look at, well, there's so many things I could be spending my money on and I've decided to do it here. And what what's behind that? It's interesting. Okay. Let's talk about mindset. We said we'd do a quick check-in this week. We haven't done this in a while. So one of our, um, I guess, one of the things we're trying to develop here with our training is the mental side of our game. It's not just about the physical. So when we're talking about mindset, we're talking about these two mindsets that were set up in the research by Carol Dweck. And it's about growth mindset and fixed mindset. And I think we all kind of assume that we're in a growth mindset all the time because not many people when you ask them say oh no i don't want to get better at anything i don't want to grow i'd like to stay exactly as i am but then there's this this fixed mindset that creeps in for all of us that is sort of self-limiting so i think this is a good chance for the three of us to check in but if you're listening as well to check in for yourself where is your fixed mindset right now and the way to identify it is what is the area that you'd like to move into or like to improve that you're not doing anything about right now that is sitting there as usually some sort of fear is behind that and some sort of um, reluctance because it could be a fear of failure or not knowing what to do about it. But instead of exploring it, you go, actually, I just going to accept it. So, James, you got to think about this. Have you come up with anything? Yeah, I've kind of, there's two I'm kind of pulling between at the minute as to which one I want to talk about. One of them is coaching related. And it's a funny one because it's something I've done before. You had pushed me to do. I got really good at doing it and really confident doing it. And then I changed my focus while I was coaching to get better at other things. And I let that thing slip away. And now I'm like, oh, I really want to do that again. But I'm like, oh, the first couple of times are so painful. And I, I'm just I'm like, maybe I'll just leave it. Maybe I don't need to do it. People like, people have seen me do it. I know I can do it. I'm just going to leave it there. And it's like that standing at the whiteboard and putting a quote on and or that type of stuff where I'm like really going for the inspirational piece of the day and trying to give them a big kick up the ass. And it's an uncomfortable thing to do to stand there and write something that's in isolation, real cheesy and real corny. Yeah, there's... So what's the risk do you think in it? Because there is a risk. I fully it's the, on board the with that. potential heckle, or the eye roll, or the dismissiveness of it in general that could happen. And even if it's only from one person, it's like it just sends the body into this cringe, curled up, don't fucking look at me mode as soon as that happens. And I don't think people realize how difficult a task that is for coaches. No. Um, I think probably. People might assume that coaches want to do more of it, but they they just don't. But I think most coaches don't want to do that. No. They, f they, they understand how important it is. Um, but when it comes to actually standing up and trying to inspire people, it is cringy yeah. and it is painful. And the risk is that one person. That's it. Oh, one person. You can lose a room of like 30 people if 
yeah. one person goes oh yeah and, and you can lose your confidence that's it because you're like oh my god i feel like such a yeah, dick fucked. yeah but it is a risk but the coach is doing it for the group because at the end of the day even if everybody eye rolls in their head the majority of times people actually respond to it with more effort um with more achievement with something that wouldn't have happened otherwise yeah. that they that's good for them so i think as irish people we're terrible we're terrible at people trying the to worst. get people fired up we don't accept it very well we think who's your man think he is he thinks he's Tony robbins or something <laughs> uh, but i think and, and as i said you get out of the habit of it and you get yeah. sensitive to it again yeah. so it's so i got used to it. i was doing it maybe once or twice a week really consistently i was just like right get to the whiteboard let's go come on you need to hear this and then i really fell out of the habit and what i got really good at was recognizing that some people were going to dismiss it but that if it clicked for one person it was so worthwhile yeah so if that one person got a really good workout in then and the reality is that 90 percent of people it clicks for yeah it's 17 out of the 18 exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So that I tried it this morning. I did try it again this morning, and the it's funny because I put into my class plan like in the minutes leading up to that, I give people more space to do their own thing, so as I could give myself more space to get myself psyched up to do it. <laughs> it is needed. Yeah. I I remember um, when we started the claps at the end of class which is still a point of contention for some people. Some people hate, oh. still hate it because like, what's this silliness? It's what is this nonsense at the end of the day? I was like, yeah, can we not just for a minute, just put a bookend at the end of a session, like appreciate that we've put in a lot of effort, say we've got a little win. Is there a way that we can come together at the end, having been off doing our own workout? But yet I remember starting, it was it was the cringiest few weeks ever. Everyone was like, what is this guy trying to get us to I do? remember seeing you, you guys do it at Filthy 150 and thinking, what a bunch of wankers. Yeah. And now, I, I remember the first time I did it, I was like, this is weird. And then the, sec the first time I took it, I was like, all right, okay. And now I'm like, if someone tries to leave before the claps, or if I forget, people nudge me and go, here, claps, go. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's most important part of the day. Yeah, it's we get to bank the effort and it, what's what it's what makes us come back the next day and the next day because we know I've done something today, I'll do more tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, as the coach, people who are listening might not know, really know how difficult it is to be that because there's a personal risk. We're just exposed in that moment. To and I tend to come across as someone who's quite self-assured and confident as well. So yeah yeah so exactly. i'm shitting myself before i do that <laughs> stuff <laughs> okay daddy that was a good one james that was good that got me thinking actually so amy what have you got for us um so just a few things with my coaching like i feel like i've this style or the way i coach i'm really comfortable in it and then if i want to become a better coach i have to like go looking for different styles of coaching and different things to be doing um, so like I've gotten feedback a few times and it's like the same feedback every time and I'm like yeah yeah I'll fix that that's really good thanks and then I like the next day I'm doing my plan and I'm like oh well I didn't do that but my plan's done now and that just kind of happens every day then and it's kind of uh, packaging some points of performance together and sticking a label on it is what we do here um, and I never put a label on things um, I so don't know why yeah you like keep it real straight to the tech like I think you're a really technical coach you think in a technical manner mm -hmm. and you're really good at communicating technicality. Mm -hmm. The extra layer of creativity on top. Yeah, 
And I think that's the fixed mindset is I always say, oh, I'm not creative. I always say that with everything, but I actually just need to spend time working on it. Um, and that's one place where I could definitely do it. That would make my coaching better. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of interesting that we tend to just say, well, I'm not good at it. And that's the fixed mindset. There it is right there. There's the moment. And it just gets us off the hook. We just go, okay, well, that's just not me. And we just walk away rather than saying, I gotta turn into that discomfort and realize that yes, I'm not good at it yet. And mm-hmm. until I start exploring it, I won't that won't change. Yeah. So that's a good one. And I've a similar thing going on because of a new uh like within the gym here, we've had this kind of a restructure. We've had all of a different way of managing the business, a different way of managing the teams, how we um our workflows have changed. And as a result, my role has changed for everybody. And I'm going into new meetings, new structures, and I have to sit down and, and conjure up structures for things that haven't existed yet. And it's not my strength, honestly. It, like, I, I do well in other areas. This building the structures is difficult for me. Once I have it built, I'm good. So I'm at the moment, I find myself sitting down to say, okay, there's that new meeting. I'm going to build an agenda that fits it. So we have some structure to work with. Everyone knows what's coming up. And I spent five, six minutes on it and I find my way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've clicked on something else. I've Someone's coming up the stairs. I'm out downstairs having a conversation. I'm like, oh, there I am. Not doing that fucking thing oh, again. Do you need a hand with this? Do you want me to come help you? That's everything. <laughs> yeah, it's anything at all. Anything that will, um, when I'm sitting, I'll start thinking about it and then I'll go thinking how that connects to something else, how that connects to something else. I'm on the whiteboard programming a workout all of a sudden. <laughs> Anything that is my comfort zone where I know that I'm already, you know, I can create value, I can convince myself, here I am doing the job, I'm working, but I'm not doing the thing I need to do. And that's just my discomfort with my own limitations. Here I've bumped up against a limitation. Instead of figuring out a way of moving that line somewhere, I just avoid it. So I have to force myself to sit in the squirm and say, okay, next hour, this is it. And if you can't get that done, that's that's what you're doing, but you're not going somewhere else. So that's where it comes in for me. I'd be interested to hear if anyone else recognizes their own fixed mindset. What's limiting right now? Because you know something, in six months when I've got all these things figured out and I've worked through it, I'll be better at it. I'll be so happy with myself. Um, like you, James, you'll be back on the, like the second time you get back on the train for the inspirational chats, it'll become more of a default. That's how it works, right? That's how we grow. Deadly. Okay, we're on to shout outs. And what a week for it with game days. Amy, you went straight to, someone came to mind for you right away. So do you want to give our shout out this week? Um, yeah, so the highlight of game day for me was when Alison got her pull-ups. I was so happy because I'd been with her for a few sessions over the past few months where she's been struggling so much to get them and we just couldn't figure it out. She just could not get her pull-up um, and then she ended up doing four on Saturday and I was just buzzing for her. I just saw you dancing around the gym. Yeah, I was so happy. <laughs> Way happier than Alison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she said that to me. She was like, I think you're more excited about this than I am. And I was like, yeah, I know. No, but in fairness, she was delighted. I chatted with her afterwards. It was, uh, she doesn't like working on them. No, she hates it. She hates pull-ups. She hates working on them. And now she has them. It's such a huge win. Like, it's massive. You know that thing where we enjoy working on it, and then we get it. It's nice, but when it's the thing that you hate, 
it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, I, I was over the moon. And it's one thing to get a pull up, another thing in the middle of that Hellfest that is 20.5 when you're exhausted and you go and find it on the day that pulled it out of the bag when it matters. Amazing. So yeah, I'm absolutely over the moon for Alison. She said to me, they better fucking not go away now after, <laughs> after. So she has to go and do some this week to make sure they're in the bag. So well done, Alison. Let's do some overrated, underrated. I think this first one is not really a question at all, but I think we're all we're all going to be in agreement. It's not. It's going to be so easy. I'm trying to remember what this one is now. Okay, so one word, James. Overrated, underrated. Day drinking. Oh yeah, underrated. Underrated. Okay, I'm going to agree with you both on this underrated, but I have had some of the worst experiences of my life day drinking. I remember, I remember I went to, uh, to watch a World Cup game in 2002 in the pub. Yeah, in, yeah, it was over in Japan, South Korea. And the games were on at like 8 a.m. or something. So, <laughs> so I know that's morning drinking. <laughs> but I'll never forget, I, I still remember, I was like, that's 21 years ago. It still left a scar on me. The, oh my god i remember i went with my my old man and i went with my sister down to the local hotel who was shown on a big screen and we we got there at 7 a.m and the whole place was like it was 7 p.m the place was absolutely hopping and we stayed on it till like one o'clock or two o'clock in the day and went home went to bed i wasn't right for a week after it sleep was terrible i was paranoid i was all over like it was the worst recovery i've ever had so that's the caveat like amazing in the moment such a bad oh that's why i love it so much because so i don't normally start at 7 or 8 a.m in fairness but normally whenever you do it it's like that like either side of lunchtime like somewhere between 11 and 2 and then you're home at a reasonable hour between maybe 6 and 10 and then you have at least a full eight hour sleep maybe more so you wake up the next day going I definitely did yesterday <laughs> I was definitely drinking but I got a full night's sleep I got some decent food into me and I feel better that's why I love it so much I've never had a I'm saying this now other than going starting early and also finishing late they're bad experiences they're the bad ones yeah but if you just go for the daytime like that mm, that wasn't even daytime drinking I'm trying to think like some rugby matches I've been to where it's like a one o'clock kickoff Deadly. We go to the pub at 11, we go to the match, and then we're home by 6, and it's whopper. That's the best way to do it. It is. No, you're, you are right in that. And getting a few hours from when you stop, when you leave, and you go home, and you get a few hours at home before you go to bed, that's, that's yeah, the life that kind of sobers you up a little yeah. bit. You drink some extra water, you have some And your crisps. sleep gets a bit better as yeah. a result. Yeah, yeah, that's the lifesaver. When I think of day drinking, though, I think of people are like, fuck it, let's go. It's those days, they're the best fun ever because it's, it's a bit impromptu. It's the very thing you shouldn't be doing in your life. <laughs> For some reason, everyone agrees that, we sh that it's the best fun ever, but yet we know we don't do it very often because it's, it's so bad. Amy, what do you think? Um, I like the day drinking where we start early and also finish early. Like what you were saying, like you get to go home, you can chill out, have loads of water. You're not as hungover the next day, but I can't do the day drinking that leads into night drinking that goes on to a late night then I just can't like I just end up crashing and burning I went to a wedding last year and we started drinking at 11 and 
I went missing at 7 p.m. and my mom found me asleep in my room, like on the bed. I went up to like get my charger and I was just like, I'm done. I have to go to sleep <laughs> now. It was just too long of a day. Um, but no, I prefer drinking middle of the day rather than starting. Like I hate when you go out and people don't start drinking until like eight or nine. I'm like, that's past my usual bedtime. <laughs> um, so I much prefer day drinking. Okay, right. So that's maybe a that's why I didn't make it to TS. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, right. So that's that's our first one. That was an easy one. Now, next one. Last thing today, lads. Overrated, underrated. Listening to full albums. Underrated. Underrated. Oh, that shocked me, Amy. I'm gonna say totally underrated. It's totally underrated. Yeah. So James. We all agree this week. This I, is a bit I say dull, this now, but I. But do you do it? Yeah, not very <laughs> fucking often. Exactly. Um, I was trying to think of even. I haven't bought an album since I started paying for a Spotify Spotify subscription. I, I wonder de- has Spotify ruined albums. With their like yeah, playlists maybe, of like you just create a playlist, you find the song that you like, or you go to an artist and they have their like best tracks, and they just you just kind of stick it. like yeah. that's not an album. Like you you put um. Before you coached on Monday, you put the Kings of Leon album on. And then yesterday before I coached, I was like, I'm going to listen to Kings of Leon. But I put on the best of Kings of Leon. And then, but this is what made me think of this. I was like, no, I want to listen to that album. Like, the one. Whereas there's other artists and I, I wouldn't know what songs yeah. go together on an album. I don't know and I think the story behind it. Like, I got into Kings of Leon through albums. Hmm. Like, yeah. there's an album and I listened to it. I and remember then taking you come out. I yeah. took their CD with a Walkman on holidays whenever I was a kid. I remember that. You've never had one of them before. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I scratched that CD and I lost my shit. Yeah. Because there's one of the songs then I couldn't, I couldn't listen that. to one of the songs. And I was like, oh. Fuck me. But uh, yeah, and, and I can't, I couldn't do that with Kings of Leon now because it feels like you're jumping around eras and they all sound so different. It's like, oh, that's jarring to listen to it like that. Um, I, I got into albums... I guess, look, for me growing up, it was all just albums, right? You buy an album, that's what you did. But I remember I had a friend of mine who was a Pink Floyd fan. And, and I started getting into Pink Floyd. And then he started telling me about that the albums, they're n- they don't look at it like tracks. They want it to be a story that gets told from the start to finish. And they run one into another. And you can't sit down to listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Like, I'm going to put on a song. You sit down and you listen to that fucking thing, start to finish, because it brings you on this little journey all the way through and it's harder work but absolutely my but favorite I wonder albums. are artists still doing that generally I know some definitely are because uh, Zane Lowe does a lot of interviews and Rick Rubin as well where they talk to artists who try and do that very specifically like Stormzy does it and he's a UK rap grime artist and you wouldn't expect it from him huh? and The Weeknd does it really well as well and those artists tend to have like followings where Amy's like listen to that song because whenever you went to The Weeknd she was like yeah, try this, try this, try this, listen to that one. And it's an, a song I'd never heard of before. I was like, oh, but it falls into line with the story. Whereas I do think a lot of artists just do singles, 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 and then they release like six singles and fuck it into an album and put in a few other songs. Yeah, they go like, quite cut it. what are the three big hits here? And then what are some some strong tunes? And then when we need one or two more to fill it in to make a full thing. What albums do you listen to? Amy. Um, so it's usually goes with whatever concerts I'm going to see. <laughs> so 
I went to see uh, Florence and the Machine and I didn't know, I hadn't listened to the full album and there's nothing worse than standing at a concert and you're like, I don't know this song, maybe I'll know the next one. Oh, I don't know this song either. Am I meant to be here? But like when I went to the weekend, because they do the songs that they kind of roll into each other, you just knew what was coming next. And like, there's just something that feels so good when you're at a concert, when you know like all the words of the songs and like it just feels great and you can really get into it then. Yeah, and you're right. And there is that, feeling of anticipation this is going to end and i don't know where it's going next yeah. it rolls into yeah. something there's a momentum and there's a gear shift that's yeah. like epic yeah. amazing so um how often in a week would you stick an album on and go i'm gonna listen to the album oh see now I, I do that thing about the playlist now like i have off the weekends like few albums i've taken all the ones i like out and i just kept repeating yeah. it. i listened to like the arctic monkeys albums a good bit because i am going to see them but they're probably the only two albums I'd listen to is The Weeknd and The Arctic Monkeys. I'd just go through whatever albums are on Spotify. What about you, James? I'd say once a week, honestly. I put on um, After Class, was finished this morning, and I was tidying up the wall balls and chatting to people a little bit. I put on an old Frank Ocean album that I really enjoy because it was just a nice, like, that was a hectic morning, and it just was able to bring me all down. And it's funny, it was it's a relaxing album, but I know the song that's coming next, and I'm like, oh, deadly. And yeah, like tidying yeah, up yeah. the place, putting the wall ball going, oh, I'm going to sing this one next. And it's a really nice thing knowing what's coming next. Yeah. There's a bit of stress sometimes with Shuffle, isn't there, whenever you think about it? 100%. Yeah, I think the album is the great thing. It puts you in a mood and it keeps the mood. It helps you. On a Saturday when we came into prep for game day, I put the weekend album on and Miguel was here and I went to Miguel, this is real music. And he <laughs> rolled his eyes at every single song that came on. <laughs> he was like, I don't like this song. I don't like this song the whole time. But it was yeah. deadly. In fairness, Miguel knows his music fairness I, yeah i find that like for instance i'm a u2 fan people are going to hate me for that that's okay i love them but they they're definitely in albums they're in eras they've been going for so long and i get in different moods i like that one or this one so i stick that on but what i have noticed as well i got into edith pf for some reason her music really like it edith pf right so from the like 50s 60s french singer i have no idea what she's saying in her songs but for some reason it's like I love this music um, and I listen to her like songs because there's she's big songs and I listen to it like a <coughs> like a greatest hits playlist but now I've listened to them all and I'm like I wonder what where that fits in an album so now I'm starting to get curious about going and listen to it. but that sounds like hard work to me now having to go and start an album from scratch and get into the other songs that are accompanying it but I think I will like I'm I can feel myself going that direction because I think that's where you really get the essence of it. That's where you get the enjoyment from it. Okay, that's daily epic chats. Let's check back in next week. Mm -hmm.